Hey, hello, welcome to the PlayStation Report. I'm Frank, and with me this week, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, my dude? Wow, 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 Feels wow, like wow, it's wow. been a while. Yeah, it has, even though it's only been a week. Yeah. But long week, mm. for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about life stuff, yeah, it's been a long week. <laughs> Like, I, I feel like I had, like, maybe one of the uh, most, probably the uh, most dragging week of work that I've had since, mm. I, since I've got to this new job. Um, just, like, a bunch of stuff at work breaking, so we have to, uh, you know, stand by and, you know, just extra shit we have to do because equipment's broken. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound fun. But yeah, hopefully it's better by the time I get back. I'm on my break. I I did sign up for some overtime though, so we'll see. Hope hopefully that wasn't a mistake. But you know, I need the money because I bought that gaming PC and I set up another desk for this PC to go temporarily and then maybe maybe that just becomes the desk where I put my uh tablet when I'm when I want to do some work on it. Ooh. And that means I might need to get another chair, and I'm looking at chairs, and I think I might want a good chair now. Good chairs are important, yes. Yeah. Very. Because I, I got this cheapie that I'm using right now, and, you know, I'm starting to have back problems. I'm getting old, Tyler. Oh, I'm yeah. Back problems and shit. It's, it's... I thought today was going to be a really bad back day when I woke up. I, I woke up, I stepped out of bed, and I just felt it, like, start... <laughs> start uh hurting a little bit I, I i was walking like an old man for like the first 20 minutes of today <laughs> yeah i'm with you <laughs> you just yeah um I, I have times like that too where i'm like this shouldn't hurt this much but it does yeah yeah ah. also i have to put fucking creams on every night for me. I have to like moisturize and shit because my skin's oh, getting all all fucking weird and yeah, it's bizarre. Skin's weird, man. But I'm like, man, just getting old. Getting old where you're starting to have those those problems, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Here we are, we're saying we're getting old. We're only 20, <laughs> 28, but still. <laughs> You definitely just notice. I, I just notice a difference in how I feel now compared to like I'm going to say even three or four years ago. Look, like, I'm go- I difference. am going to uh, blame the pandemic. I think the pandemic has accelerated aging for all of us. Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah. What What else has been going on in your life, Tyler? Before we dive into games, because I know we both have some games to talk about. Yeah, no, I mean, not not too much, just working, you know, and um, kind of trying to take it easy a little bit over the weekend here. Started working on our basement stairs, which are all fucked up, oh, so that's wow. going to be fun. Um, so did that, been watching some, some TV shows, dude, that have a lot of dick in them. A lot um, of dick, yeah. Yeah, been okay. watching... What, what, what you watching? <laughs> we're, well, we're watching uh, Euphoria on HBO Max, okay. which I wouldn't say that... 
the show is like the best show in the world, but it's it's at least very very entertaining. Um, maybe not in the greatest way because it's very dark, but tons of dick in this season so far. Just so much dick. And then we started watching uh, Pam and Tommy on Hulu, which is about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee uh, from Motley Crue, uh, like yeah. their relationship in the mid '90s, and. Um, you know, and it's basically about their uh, sex tape that leaked and oh, how yeah. that all went down. But it's like a it's it's a drama. It's a drama, basically. But man, just dick. Lots of dick. Lots of Tommy Lee dick. And uh, Sebastian Stan plays Tommy Lee, who is uh, the Winter Soldier in the Marvel movies. Um, mm. And yeah, there's a scene where he's like talking to his dick and they animated his dick to talk back to him. Yeah. And I'm like, "Wow, we are we are fully here now where, you know, it was previously on film it was like we can't show dick at all. But now we're just like, <laughs> fuck it. Nah, I'm kind of all for it to be honest with you. I'm all for yeah. it." So, yeah, those shows those shows are good, but yeah, otherwise that's that's about it. I don't know. I mean, I'm all for less shaming people about having a fucking body. Like, yeah, <laughs> come on. All we we guys, we have dicks. I mean, it's like it's it's just a fact of life. Like, no need to shy away from it. Dicks exist, and uh, you know what? Just deal with it. <laughs> exactly. So all the dicks are here now. So now we just we need the age of the cootie. You know, mm. eventually that's got to come back. I mean, have you watched around. Big Mouth? I've not watched that, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Does that have some vagina in it? Animated. Oh, yes. okay. I mean, it's right, an animated right. show. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking forward. I think I'm going to watch Jackass this week. Mm. Jackass forever. Yeah, I want to see that, but I've never seen the other ones, and I've always wanted to, so... Dude, you should watch the Jackass. I know. I, I know I would love them, so that's something I'm going to hopefully do soon. Oh, man. That movie, though, I saw that trailer several times for Jackass Forever, and it, it looks outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of outrageous, Tyler, after our recording last week, we played some It Takes Two. The and, Family yeah. Game of the Year. <laughs> family Game of the Year. Yeah. Yeah, we'll call it that. Um, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think you should play. All right, I'm not telling people how to parent their kids. You you should know what your kids are ready for and what what they're not ready for. But I don't think generally labeling this game as a family game is really accurate at all. <laughs> uh, no, I I completely agree. This game um, is very dark and oddly. Sexual? Dude, that book needs to stop groin thrusting. Yes, it's bizarre. Hey, that character is very weird. Very weird. And yeah, to also, say this is a family game is just yeah. no, not not accurate at all. And also just not to get not to blow past it, uh the book character, obviously the um the hot Latin lover stereotype. Yeah, uh, it's playing it's, on there. <laughs> it's definitely a stereotype for sure. Yeah. Um and yeah, I mean how do we talk about this, man? I mean, we we played like 
what an hour or two of it. Yeah, something like something that. like that. Um, we we fought like two different bosses or something. I think two bosses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this game plays pretty well. I think it's a really cool co-op game. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh <laughs> and man, I'm just struggling with it because just what the story is, like what what the game is about, and like how people have talked about it. It's just it is so bizarre. It is so bizarre, especially when you think of uh where where Hayes Hayes Light has come from with uh a, a way out to come to this. It's just like I feel like they've this is like the biggest jump I've seen from like from game to game that that I've seen in a while from a new studio. Yeah. Definitely. I'm really enjoying playing the game. Like it's it's just a lot of fun. It it it's kind of a floaty platformer, uh which can take a little getting used to, but but overall it's it's fine. It's it's just I felt like when we were playing it I just kind of had a smile on my face all the time because it's just kind of inventive if a little predictable with what you're going to do but still you know the way they split up duties I guess between each of you um like you know early on there's a section where you had a hammer and I could shoot nails and there was a bunch of puzzles with it we used that in a boss fight and it was it was neat um one thing that trips me out about this game is, like, we're playing online, we're not playing couch co-op, and it still is split-screen, which just trips me out. I'm not yeah. used to that. But I guess when you think about it, it does make sense that it would still allow you to see the other person, but but that is something where sometimes I kind of get lost. Um, but, yeah. yeah, man, it's it's a good time playing it, and I, I definitely want to see more of it, play more of it. Um yeah, I just don't know if the characters in the story have totally grabbed me yet. But I do agree with you. Like, gameplay-wise, from a way out to this is like, holy smokes. It's like a totally different team built this, it feels yeah. like. Yeah, and, like, it's not overly punishing either. Like, mm-hmm. it's like you die, and as long as someone the, the other person is up, like, you can just get right back in. Um yeah, it's like, it's not overly punishing, but it's also a game that you need to kind of have experience playing games to play. It's not yeah. it's not like a game that I I feel like if you don't have experience playing or if you have a younger kid or something that is starting to get into games, it might be kind of difficult. Yeah. for them, but but yeah, otherwise, if you if you play games, yeah, it's not very hard at all. But some of the some of the designs, like the boss designs, are just terrifying. Like I get it. It's like like it isn't scary to me, but I can like imagine as a kid seeing some of this stuff. Like especially a very young kid seeing some of this stuff. Like it could be nightmare inducing for a young child. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> um. Just, yeah. Just like. Seeing everyday household items as fucking monsters is just, uh, yeah, that's a choice. <laughs> right. Um, but I get, yeah, I, I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, I, I want to finish it with you, um, yeah. sometime. And yeah, it's, def- I, 
yeah. Again, I'd like to reiterate, not a family game. Don't play this with your kids unless you really know they're up for it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you got That's anything good. else for us? Um, I play a little bit more Psychonauts 2. Just finished a, a level and a boss fight that I was stuck on. Not because it was hard, just because um, I was kind of being a dumbass with it, gameplay-wise. Um, but finished that, so... Now, I'm in this section where I have I had basically a, a mission to do that was broken down into three different sub-missions, and I've kind of completed two of them, but it's taken like five hours to go through both of them. Like, they're massive levels. So I'm just curious how far I am overall. Because um, I, I think I have maybe eight hours, nine hours in this game now. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I, <laughs> you were, you mentioned to me, because um, I didn't finish it last week. I think when we talked about Giant Bombs Game of the Year discussion about Psychonauts two, and you were like, "Oh man, you know, curious, you know, about uh, Jeff Gersman and what he said about it." And I kind of fall in the middle between their camps. If anyone's listened to their Game of the Year stuff, where. Jeff, like, didn't like how it played at all. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of, of that where, like I said last week, like, it just feels like there's one thing missing from both the platforming and the combat to make it feel, like, really good. It just kind of feels a little old. And, like, selecting your powers is just completely bananas. Like, imagine playing Ratchet and Clank where... You know, you pull up the weapon wheel to select your weapon. But the only way you could select that weapon is to assign it to a slot. And in a game like Ratchet, where you're constantly rotating through weapons, that just gets really fucking annoying. To, like, pull it up, assign it to a slot, pull this up, assign that to a slot, and then it's like five seconds later, oh, I don't need that anymore, I need this. Instead of just having a weapon wheel like Ratchet, where you just land on what you want and you select it, like, that's what Psychonauts 2 has you do. And so when you're going through the powers, it just can get really annoying. But otherwise, like, I'm, I'm very much enjoying the level design. I'm very much enjoying the art design, the characters. Like, it is a good game, for sure. Um, so, gonna do more of that. But the, the game that I played the most this week was Far Cry 6. Um, just kind of almost, like, addicted to this game right now, in a way. Of, mm. yes... This is a Far Cry game. I am capturing bases. I am taking out targets. I am capturing checkpoints. I am doing missions. I am hunting. I am going on treasure hunts. But it's just something about the gameplay loop, the upgrades, the weapon customization, uh, the vehicle customization, some of the unlocks, some of the char- like the uh, animal characters that you get. Like I just got this dog that's really fucking awesome to have. Not not a chorizo with the wheelchair that they showed off in in the previews it's a different different type of dog but um i'm just really enjoying this world and the gameplay loop of this game so i went through the the main areas kind of broken down into three areas and i completed the entire first part of the map basically and, and all the story missions with that then I had a mission to go into basically the capital city of the the map, and I'm like, what the fuck? I thought this was just a mission 
for the area or, or for the kind of uh, storyline I was in. And it turns out that I was actually doing a basically an end game mission. Because uh, I looked it up, I'm like, why is this so hard and so complicated? And I was at the right level, but yeah, it turns out it's like in the end game section of the game. So I'm like, what the fuck? Can I like finish this game almost like whenever I wanted to now? But I think what what's probably going to happen is that like the factions that you get on on your side will probably help you at the end to make it easier. So because uh, once I finished the one, it was like I forget the faction name but it was like so and so is on your side now or whatever i'm like okay cool so now i'm in a totally different area charging through that stuff and um yeah just really really fun world to navigate the, the this game though is just drop dead fucking gorgeous dude like some of the the lighting the just overall like scenery especially when you're on top of like a mountain or something the draw distance is really good Man, is it a beautiful game. And I think that's just kind of what... Like, all those Far Cry sort of things are obviously in this game, but I just think they're just better. The world's more interesting than, say, 5, which I did not like. So, yeah, just kind of plowing through that game more and hoping to finish it by the time Horizon comes out, but we'll see. I think I'll be close. Okay, all right. Quickest completion of a Ubisoft game that I that I that I uh, maybe. That I'll ever see from you. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I looked it up and it it seems like the average on time to beat is around twenty two hours, which for a Ubisoft game is kind of quick. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. So all right, that's that's all I've been playing. Yeah, I'm surprised you you didn't jump in on Dying Light Two. <laughs> yeah, Dying Light Two is a game that from what I've seen and read with some reviews that it seems very fun to play, but man, I'm holding off on that game for, for yeah. a while. I don't know if you've seen some of the bugs. Holy oh, God, yeah. they look bad. Especially on console. Yes. Yes. It's, it, well, I just don't understand, like, take Dying Light 2, Cyberpunk, you can probably throw Battlefield 2042 into this if, like, I, I don't think the expectation is that these games launch and they're completely, absolutely fucking perfect. There's zero bugs in the whole game. But the fundamentals of your game should at least be right. And when you're launching it like this, of just fucking the maps just lighting up. I, I watched a, a gameplay video where someone was in full daylight fighting zombies, doing all this stuff, and then the game just goes completely fucking dark. Like, and it wasn't the day-night cycle that's in the game. It was, like, the lighting just completely cut out, period. Mm. Like, that's not very good. That's not good at all. I just don't understand why these games are being launched this way. But, oh well. So, maybe on Dying Light too, but it also seems, like, really grindy, too, and I don't know. I'm alright right now okay all right what about you we'll see um well tyler i'm pissed that nobody told me about this video game last year high fleet high fleet i don't know if i know that game oh well it's a pc ass pc game um 
High Fleet is a game about managing a, 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 a fleet of uh, airships. It's kind of like a roguelike kind of game uh, where you're going through a map uh, to get to the uh, enemy's capital. Uh, there are all these different ship types and all that stuff. Um, like you can you can build you can customize your ships, buy new ships, recruit allies who have their own ships. Um, there's like a whole management layer of like fuel management, extending like like you can, for example, like the, there are specialty ships that are just tankers that carry fuel for you. Um, yeah, all different types of ship roles. Um, managing this fleet, uh, and. There are so many layers to this game that it, it's going to take me a little while to get through through this, so stra strap in. Um, so just from the overworld map, you're moving from like city to city, but you don't have to stick to the lanes. You don't have to stick to the roads uh, between these cities. You're only limited by like how much fuel you're carrying and your range, like how far you can go with the fuel, and like so. The premise is you're going up against this this kingdom that has uh, has betrayed the empire you work for and has a nuclear reactor, uh, supposedly, in their capital that they use to make nukes. Um, uh, and so, like, they have a distinct military advantage over you. Like, they have all these different strike groups that have extremely powerful ships they they can carry nukes themselves um, so you're kind of man manipulating your way through the map trying to avoid these strike groups and along the way you're intercepting radio trans transmissions and uh, there's a whole mini game associated with that like where you try to dial in the frequency and the direction it's coming from and so you can kind of get a get an idea of like where these transmissions are coming from and in the transmissions you can like kind of figure out code names and like what code name goes to what like there are code names for say a strike group say a transport because you can intercept transports and sell like sell ships and get get money from that um and like there are code names for different cities it's it's wild like there's a whole intel section of the game where yeah, you're you're managing all these radio transmissions. Uh, you also have to like manage your radar because the thing with radar is that it works both ways. They know when you're pinging them, and you know when they're pinging you. So uh, you have to be smart with when you have your radar on. Um, and yeah, like you're doing all that, and then there are ship battles. And Tyler, man, how do I explain this to you? Did you used to play, like, old Flash games? Not really, no. Ah, okay. Do you know the the classic game Lunar Lander? Heard of it, yes. Okay. So, basically, you're, you're, you're in an airship. Uh, so, you've, you're moving with WASD controls, and you're firing your guns with your mouse, and you're aiming them. But, like, you have all these different types of weapons, and they all, like... Like, a 100mm cannon is going to move a lot faster than, like, a 150mm cannon. Um, 
So like, and you and you've got to wait for like the, the weapons to swing around. Like they're they're on they're on like gimbal turrets on your on your ship. So you have to you're moving around with WASD. You can like boost around with shift. Um, but you got to be be careful not to overheat your thrusters. You can fire missiles, um, and then you shoot these cannons, uh, and it is just it is wild. Like the all the different ships have different characteristics to them. Like they're they're outfitted with whatever weapons you have on them. They all like their their thrusters. Like their the whole movement profile of these ships ships are all all different. It's it's great. Like and the ship to ship combat is fucking awesome. Hmm. Um, one of my favorite things to do in this game, especially when I'm going up against uh, a, an enemy crew that is that is utilizing missiles i like to go in my little lightning ship which is an interceptor ship not really great for like ship to ship combat like it's it's one that you send ahead and try to surprise them while they still have their ships on the ground and haven't launched yet but it is extremely maneuverable so enemies will fire missiles at me and they'll kind of do a heat seeking thing but I'll maneuver this this little lightning ship around and get them to do friendly fire with their missiles. It's awesome. It is you. Yeah. You you need to look at a video of this game because I I think this game was like mentioned once on a podcast I listened to, but it wasn't until I started seeing a, a stream of High Fleet that I was like, oh fuck, this is totally my shit. Um, no, I'm actually watching just someone play it right now, and this this looks like a Frank ass game. Oh yeah, it's it's fucking. <laughs> it really awesome. does. Like, yeah. It. Uh. So yeah, the, the, those are the battles. The battles can get really intense, especially when you're outmatched by a strike group when they bring in like these huge cruisers. It's like it is terrifying because they just fire these huge ass lobs of, of like, I want to say like just huge cannons like the, the big sh- shit that lo- like is like they, they fire like artillery shells that are almost like a quarter of the size of my ships <laughs> and it's like fucking wow uh it gets really intense um so yeah there's that um there are other like roguelike uh things that happen like when you arrive at some cities there are some recruitable allies and you have to go through like a conversation game with them uh, where you try to try to figure out what what their deal is like what their personality is and what their worldview is and try to convince them to join your team uh yeah it's it's great like you there are different kinds of cities like there are cities that specialize in repairing your ships you can land your ships on, on the cities to uh get a repair bonus and there's a whole landing mini game um there are like special refuel depots that fuel your ships up for cheaper and faster uh you can capture uh you can capture i believe like they're kind of like radar stations so you can get enemy intel uh in the aftermath of battles you there's a there's sort of like a salvage mini game where you kind of have to pick and choose like what you're salvaging because it's all on a timer yeah there's so many layers to high fleet and it and it really you really have to see it in motion to really get what this game is about um so yeah if if you're at all interested in like 
like a strategy rogue like uh with like old flash game like uh uh ship combat kind of lunar lander esque uh in that in that sense um yeah check it out it's fucking awesome yeah it looks interesting for sure yeah <sighs> all right and that that's pretty much all i've been playing i I'm playing Final Fantasy. Would you, <laughs> would you... Would it surprise you that I have crossed the thousand-hour mark with Final Fantasy? No, and I, <laughs> I think actually it surprises me that you haven't hit that already. Well, it actually happened two <laughs> weeks ago, and oh, okay. I've now noticed. <laughs> gotcha. Um, no, that doesn't does not surprise me at all. Yeah, been doing that. Um, been look actually looking into playing a few games that are coming out soon. Uh, or have come out, um, but yeah. I refuse to play the new Pokemon game. Oh yeah, me too. I, re- I refuse to play it. It does not have my favorite Pokemon in it. It does not have Shuckle. Mm. And what the fuck am I even doing? Yeah. If I'm not Shuckling, what am I doing? Yeah, that's a game. I, yeah, I, I just doesn't look like it's for me for sure. Dying Light Two looks too buggy. Uh, Sifu, the embargo came out today for that one. That game's gotten really great reviews and looks very fun, but it also seems like it's very fucking hard. Yeah, yeah. It does seem like a hard game. Also, yeah. a game by French people about that utilizes Chinese culture without any China, anyone with Chinese heritage on the team or consulting with mm. that game, I think. Yeah, uh, so, weird. yeah, I mean... It... They didn't have to. They just thought uh, they thought the old Jackie Chan movies looked cool. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe? For for me, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for Horizon. That's kind of probably my first new game of the year. I'm going to play. Otherwise, I'm just going to try to finish some of the stuff that I've been playing. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I'll try to play Horizon, but once Elden Ring is out, man. Right. Ooh. <laughs> on that note have you have you taken a look at that uh bloodborne psx down make i have not no so can pull it up it, though. this hmm. they made it look like a ps1 game this game would never run on ps1 yeah but they made it aesthetically ps1 like and uh it's fucking dope uh <laughs> It's a fan project. Um, I don't think it costs any money. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. But, uh, wow, yeah, this looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, it looks really cool. Wow. Maybe it's just nostalgia. Maybe I just have nostalgia for old PS1 graphics. Uh, yes, plus, plus that old Sony logo. Oh, yeah. So much um, nostalgia for that. And yeah, that thing looks really cool. It does. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been doing. Um, I'm also going to watch the... I'm finally breaking down. I'm going to watch that YouTube series, Road to Le Mans, with Michael Fassbender. Oh, okay. What's, what's that about? Learning, it's about Michael Fassbender uh, utilizing his money to try to become a racing driver. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well. Yeah, it's a really good documentary about what it's like to... Uh, maybe have the resources to be into motorsports, but maybe not, maybe 
coming into it too late in life to actually ever be good at it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. Speaking of motorsport, though, uh, I guess Na- uh, NASCAR is back at the L.A. Coliseum today. Oh God! Did you see that? Did you see that? Like the track they're on, it's so yeah. tiny. It's dude. It takes thirteen and a half seconds to get around for one lap. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, that should be really fucking wild. I mean, yeah. short track stock car racing can be pretty entertaining. That is like extremely short. Oh <laughs> that yeah, is a... that is by far. That's shorter than the short tracks that they usually go to. Yeah, like, that's like insane. <laughs> Like, any smaller, and that's a karting track. Yeah, right. And I think the way that they're doing it, though, they're not going to run the full field of, like, 40 cars at once or whatever. They're you like, can't. Break... Yeah, because you literally can't. They're, like, breaking it up into heat races with, I forget how many are in each race, but whatever. That should be entertaining. But did you see the Haas livery in car, sort of car? No, I need, I need to look this up. Don't, don't don't be uh, don't get your hopes up because it looks exactly like their 2021 oh. car, but uh, okay. yeah, I mean it. Lo- it looks cool. Apparently, this is a 3D render though, and not 100% the actual car. Mm. Do you think so, they have a car yet? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I'm sure they do. I mean, they threw away all of last season, so I would hope they do. But I yeah. saw a great comment though. Yeah, find this quick. Um, someone was just commenting on the livery, and someone said everyone's moaning about the livery on Twitter, but I think it goes it goes nice with blue flags. Mm, yeah, <laughs> just because Haas is very slow. Yeah, yeah, man. But yeah. All right. All righty. Well, I think. Lots of news. The news, and you know, of course, after we record last week, this drops. Did this happen on a Monday? Yes, it did. Fucking assholes! I know. Why would Sony buy Bungie on a Monday for three point six billion dollars? That just—that's rude. Yeah, that's rude (laughs) to announce that the day after we release a podcast. Right. But here we go. Yeah, yeah, it, it is what it is. What, what? Yeah, they're they're buying Bungie. Uh, there were rumors that Microsoft was in talks to buy Bungie. Uh, but yeah, this this is a weird one because what Sony has said is that Bungie will remain an independent studio. Uh, yes, and they will self-publish as well. So. It's not even like Sony's going to be publishing their games. Yeah. Like, Uh, I just find this deal to be just... What Bungie got is fucking mind-blowing. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I feel like uh, if you're Bungie, you're probably like... You're probably smiling because you... Pretty much nothing has changed for the moment. (laughs) And uh, you just got a shit ton of money. Yeah. Basically, I I feel like Bungie probably wouldn't have sold if it wasn't for them getting the independence. Um, And and Bungie is just so wild, like being owned by Xbox, getting away from Xbox, creating Destiny, 
getting in bed with Activision for it for 10 years, wrestling away from Activision with the IP. Yeah. And now they're being bought by Sony, but are going to remain independent. Like, they and they said it multiple times. That was, like, the first thing, if you read uh, Jim Ryan's statement on the PlayStation blog, the very first thing he said, well, second thing, I guess, is that uh, Bungie is going to remain multi-platform. It's just crazy. Um, it Basically, what it almost sounds like is Sony is going to... They said that they want to do 10... It's kind of getting into another story, but... 10 live service games by 2026, which is yeah. fucking crazy to me. Um, uh, yeah. Depending on what that live service means, I'll say that. Live service can mean a couple different things, but they want Bungie's expertise with that and what they've done with Destiny. Bungie wants access to Sony Pictures. They really want to turn their properties, especially Destiny, into f- movies, TV shows, all that. Look, I'd watch... I know you're not into it, but I would watch a Destiny animated series. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would probably watch it, even if it's animated or not. I, I, I like, like Destiny enough that I think yeah. I would watch it. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, I'm not so sure about converting Destiny into a live-action thing. There's going to yeah. be some weird shit, especially around, you know, the aliens. <laughs> right. Um, like, how do you how do you do the Fallen in in live action? Right. How do you do the Taken in live action and make it look good? Yeah. And not look corny. Um, yeah, I agree. And look, Destiny's a big property, but is it big enough to do it right? To where you have to spend one hundred fifty, two hundred million dollars on the on the production of the movie. And hope to make six hundred to a billion dollars on it. I don't know if Destiny's that big of an IP. Yeah. For that, so I'm kind of kind of curious on that aspect. And then, yeah, Sony planning to launch ten live service games. Like, what does that mean? Is 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 it? Are they going to be live service in the way Destiny is a live service game? Or is it going to be live service in the way that, say, not a Sony game, but Assassin's Creed is a live service game? Like, mm. it's very much a single-player game, but they have events. They have they add extra content in consistently and new modes, all that stuff, to where it's live service, but it's kind of not at the same time. Because Sony has recently built their brand on quality first-party single-player titles. And I feel like they know they need to do live service because there's money there. But also, I feel like I just really hope they can strike that balance of still making those great games. Um, But, I don't know. We'll see on that. But the people that are saying that Bungie's now going to make an exclusive game for PlayStation... No, like that's not what they're going to do. That's not what this deal is about. And Killzone they said it over and over again. Exactly. Like, oh, the fucking Bungie should make Killzone. No, they're not going to. And why would they? You know, yes, Sony needs a first party shooter, but it just doesn't sound like with this deal that Bungie's going to be the one to do that, which in my mind, business wise, I just think it's fucking nuts that. 
PlayStation would spend this much money on Bungie, completely overpaying. I, I was seeing stuff that they overpaid almost by 15 times to get Bungie. Like, Bungie's net revenue is like $250 million a year or something. Yeah. And you're spending $3.6 on them? Holy fucking nuts. And to not say, like, okay, you can remain multi-platform, but you're also going to make us a shooter that's just on PlayStation or something. It's just like, man, this is just a, a crazy deal. Crazy deal. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm not sure how I feel about it either. Like, it's, it's, it's a very weird one because, like, yeah, it's, it's more consolidation. Like, and I don't particularly care for that at all. Right. Um, but on the other hand, it really does feel different from what Xbox has done. Mm-hmm. Like Xbox has very much been like, and maybe, and this is the first thing for Sony, I too like this whole concept of buying a studio and then letting it remain independent. Like this, that's that's something I think is pretty new to 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 both plat like in general, like yeah. having a first party buy someone, but let them do what they want like on either platform um so yeah it's it's gonna be weird to see how this plays out um and yeah i just i'm curious like what sony has planned for live service games like what ip they want to attach that to Um, yeah because i i'm I'm struggling to think like what are they going to do other than like are they going to make Horizon even more like Assassin's Creed? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that Horizon might be a little too late on that one, but I could see a third Horizon being like yeah. that. You know, uh, Gran Turismo, I think, is a good one of maybe being a live service game. I mean, sport, in a way, almost was for a while with how much they were supporting it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of struggling to think, like, just because it's just hard for me to see Naughty Dog making a live service game, or Sony Santa Monica, uh, Sucker Punch. I, it's just hard for me to picture these studios doing that. Yeah, because um, they, they've kind of embedded themselves in this whole single-player experience kind of thing, like this exactly. cinematic, like, prestige game. Right, exactly. So, it's just kind of hard for me to see this stuff, but... It's probably going to happen. I mean, 10 games by 2026 is crazy. That's just a lot. Um, Because if you think about over a four-year time period of just first-party titles, you know, uh, they they might put out like 10. (laughs) Like Mm. 10 major ones, at least. So it makes me wonder, like, the live service games from, say, like Deviation... Haven, I'm trying to think of some of these other studios that they've struck like a second party deal with. If those titles are going to be live service, which I could see. Mm. Perhaps a Spider Verse game. Maybe. Mm. I think it'd be good. That'd be interesting for sure. Yeah. Create your own Spider Man OC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a crazy deal, man. And I just. It also makes me wonder if there's going to be any internal conflicts within the first-party studios teams of, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, why why are they being bought and allowed to be totally independent and uh, put their games on 
Xbox and PC, and we had to fight just to get our games on PC. Yeah. Um, like, why are we kind of getting restricted in the audience we could reach when they're not? I'd like. I just think that is a, honestly a weird thing to have within your first party stable. And Bungie's not going to be first party, but like they're they are they may, they sit alongside PlayStation Worldwide Studios or whatever. But it's just a weird thing to have. That's why I just I just think this deal is just so insane that Bungie is just allowed to do whatever they want. I don't know. I also don't want to come off of like, I want this consolidation. I want Bungie to be taken away from Xbox and all this stuff. I'm just trying to think like business logic of what we've seen recently and what Sony's track record has always been with this stuff. And it's just completely mind blowing to me that this happened at this point though. Anything is fucking possible anymore. Like, PlayStation games going to Xbox or being published on Xbox would not shock me. Xbox games on PlayStation wouldn't shock me anymore. Like, we're in a really, really weird time period right now in the industry, especially the AAA space, of just anything goes anymore to me. Yeah, like, uh, nothing can surprise us anymore. Right. Surprising, to me at least, is how bad this whole PlayStation Discord thing is. Like, it's nothing. <laughs> it's fucking nothing. Yes. The, they've done the first step where, hey, now everyone on Discord can see what you're playing on PlayStation. Who fucking cares? Yeah, that's like literally all it is. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Yes. And like, it's... Man, it is totally not what anyone wants from a Discord partnership with PlayStation. And I wonder if there's some tension there. I wonder if there's some tension. Because I think most people can agree PlayStation's implementation of party chat and voice chat is shit. It's bad. It's bad. Like, the UI is not intuitive. Um, It's just... Discord is a better platform for voice chat, and like I, th- I think they should just, they should just let it happen, just let it happen. Put yeah. Discord, put Discord on everything. Discord's great. Yeah. Except you know when they try to do NFT shit, which no, <laughs> don't. Right. Uh, it, yeah, this is just not I think what anyone was expecting when PlayStation announced that they have formed a partnership with Discord. It's like, okay, I think everyone's expecting that Discord itself will be on PlayStation and be able to be used um, like like it should be. This also weirdly took a really long time to do. Yeah, yeah. For just and what like, this is, I, I'm not trying if, to... Like, I couldn't PlayStation do this, but... PlayStation is Discord money for this. Yeah. Right. Thanks for nothing, you assholes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to sit here and be like, rah, rah, I could do this in five seconds. But, man, this took, like, ten months or something, nine, ten months just for this to happen. I'm like, holy shit. Um, so, yeah, it's it's disappointing, but 
I just feel like, yeah, disc, it's it's only a matter of time before Discord itself comes to PlayStation. And not only, like you said, like, PlayStation's chat is bad and it's cumbersome, it makes no sense. They made it way worse than it was on PS4. It was very simple on PS4 to me. Um, yeah. So, and Discord's always been really great. It can be used, you know, on, on phones, computers, but to have it be used on consoles would be awesome. It would help elevate the cross-play element, potentially, if they unless they don't do anything fucking stupid of, like, oh, you can't talk to someone on an Xbox when you're both on Discord. That'd be fucking dumb. Um, but I could see it happening. But also, like, Discord's pretty solid with, like, community stuff and channels of just, you know, people you could connect with to play and, and all that, so... I mean, it would just elevate so much, and for this to be it is kind of disappointing. Yeah, it is like the most, why did you even announce this <laughs> kind of thing. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Whatever. Uh, and here we have, oh man, we have, uh, we have some numbers for you about... Um, PlayStation 5 sales. How many people are actually... How many PlayStation 5s are actually out there? Well, 17 million. 17 million. It is, uh... It's not as good as PS4 had it, but also, like, we're, we live in a very different time than when the PS4 launched. Like, right. shit's a little bit different right now. <laughs> but yeah, the PS5 is selling a little slower. Still healthy out there. 17 million is not, isn't nothing. Um... As a result, they've lowered the target for how many they're going to ship. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of PlayStation 5s out there. I think it it's telling, though, that, like, they still haven't shipped nearly as many as they had hoped. Like, I think this whole uh, supply chain thing is going to last for a long time until someone actually solves the fucking problem. Yeah. Definitely, it's it's going to be be an issue for I think way longer than anyone was thinking. Almost like this whole pandemic, yeah. you know, overall. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not a good thing. But like I said, where we're at, it's it is amazing that they are only three million units off of where the PS4 was. Yeah. Um, with with all of the challenges that I'm sure they've had, not only making the consoles but then shipping them is a big problem too um and i'm sure they've had to pay more to ship things you know we've had stories of how before christmas they airlifted stuff to the uk and yeah. you know doing Which all this crazy stuff do. yeah exactly and and so yeah it, it sucks that they that their original target was 22.6 which was Really ambitious. That got revised to 19.3, and then they ended up with 17.3. Which is why 11.5 is what they're going for over the next year, which I think overall is kind of low a little bit for a whole year. But, yeah, it just seems like some of this stuff with materials is actually getting worse in a way. And, like, uh, being in the construction industry, some of the things that... um, you know, usually took, let's just say, a few months to get with equipment 
or Steele are now taking potentially up to an entire year to get. Yeah. Um, and it's completely changing schedules for when we can finish our, the buildings we're working on or just the design before we even start. Like, I mean, it's it's just getting really fucking insane. Not that it wasn't already. And, yeah. It, it, what I think is probably a massive challenge for Sony, but then also just total frustration is that, like, they probably could have at least been matching PS4, if not exceeding it, with the amount of demand there is for a PS5. So that's probably super frustrating that they could have sold um, five, six, seven more million units. That's a lot of money. But then also, the challenge is just, like, how do you constantly maintain this momentum? And and how do you plan for, like, games releasing in the future if you yeah. know you aren't going to be able to sell as many PS5s uh, as you want? Right. Yeah, because there's that, but then also, you know, just the challenge of maintaining momentum when development is taking longer than usual. Um, with work from home and all sorts of stuff. Like, you know, it's... I don't want to envy them, for sure, being in that position. It's got to be difficult. I don't know. If I were an executive at Sony, I'd probably be happy. Um, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> all righty. Uh, let's see what we got here. A couple of trailers for upcoming PlayStation 5 and PS4. I think they both are. Is Ghostwire also releasing on PS4? It, uh, no, it's no. not. Ghostwire is a PS5 exclusive. All right. Yes. And it's coming to PC? Coming to PC? Yes. Question mark? Okay. Uh, but firstly... Gran Turismo 7. Tyler, they had a state of play. And, like, this might have been the most hyped I've ever been for a state of play in a long time. <laughs> uh, and they fucking delivered. Yeah. I think they fucking delivered. I love what I saw from uh, Gran Turismo 7. They have the classic career mode uh, with all the license tests and all that. All that bullshit that I, I, I love. I loved the old Gran Turismo career modes. I'm not sure about you, but... I never played Gran Turismo that much um, mm. when I was younger. Um, so, honestly, sport's probably the one I spent the most time with, if I'm going to be honest okay. with you. So, uh, no, I have not played them. Um, but this, I'm with you, though. This game looks fucking great with what they showed off. So, continue. Yeah, uh, so... This... Gran Turismo 7 is very, very much positioning itself as uh, the car enthusiast's game that I think Gran Turismo as a series has always been. Mm -hmm. um, but they are extremely on their bullshit with this one in in an amazing way. Uh, I mean, Gran, Gran Turismo is Gran Turismo. You know how those games play and feel. Like, they are kind of a sim-esque kind of... Uh, I don't call them full racing sims because I know what full racing sims are, but for most gamers, this is pretty much the closest you're going to get to a racing simulator without actually going out and downloading R-Factor or yeah. iRacing. Um, so, like, on, on that aspect, I'm like, yeah, I, I like these kinds of games. I like the kind of sim racing aspect of Gran Turismo. What I also love is uh, just... 
their love of cars and the fact that like it seems like they're integrating a lot of uh, the history of motorsport and history of car manufacturers into a lot of this, especially with their collection system. Uh, it seems like they're going to be having like challenges with racing with specific cars, um, doing doing that kind of stuff, uh, like their whole car museum kind of thing, which was in sport. Uh, but it seems like they're surfacing it a lot in the, in the preview coverage of Gran Turismo 7. Um, I just like, I, I like that shit. That shit is really cool. Um, yeah. And then the tech stuff they're doing with it. Tyler, well, how do you feel about accurate starscapes on night skies based you know, on the position you are on the world? In the you world? know, it looks good and I'm dumb down. And it's like uh, it, accurate cloud formations. Yeah, it's unnecessary, but man, does it make it look better and feel better? And yeah, even the I weather mean, stuff seems really yes. cool too. I mean, the way that like cloud cover and like rain affects the track in different places on the track, and how like certain parts of the track will dry better because their drain their drainage is better, and like the sun hits it. In, in a different way um, really cool really awesome stuff I, I'm curious to see how that track evolution stuff feels while playing it because yeah. that, that, that's going to be the major thing as far as people playing the game are concerned um, but yeah just tech wise this seems like remarkable how much they're trying to do with this especially considering they're also releasing this on PS4 right um <laughs> I wonder how this is going to perform there or if it's going to strip back some of those features. But on PS5, I, I feel like having all this stuff is... Yeah, it's it's remarkable. Um, I... Yeah, I'm, I'm totally in for Gran Turismo 7. Like, it's... Yeah. It's great. I, I they, am too. They, 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 they added a mode where, like, <laughs> you just drive to some music... Mm-hmm. It's fucking cool. Yeah. And then they added a replay mode where it sets a replay to music and changes camera shots and all that stuff. It just automatically generates a music video of your driving. Right. <laughs> it is totally like this is if 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 video games are like art, this this is this is the high art of driving video games. <laughs> yeah. And even just some of the uh, just the amount of options they give you to customize your car not only the looks but the the feel of it like what's under the hood like it is truly mind-blowing how much you can do um and then the amount of options they give you for their photo mode their the escapes they call them i mean that mm-hmm. was a really cool thing in in sport and man they're just taking it to like the next level in in this game the, yeah, the game looks stunning. Like the whole uh, cafe sort of thing seems oh, kind of cool. God, yes. Like, yes, yeah, when man. I saw that when I saw that on the overworld map, the the Gran Turismo cafe, I was like, holy shit. Yes, like they, they know the kind of shitheads that love this, and I'm one of those shitheads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm fully in and cannot wait to spend a lot of time playing this game. Um, in yeah. Also, there is no better UI out there than Gran Turismo. Oh, it's at least so with fresh. what they did with Sport, it looks so slick. It 
it functions well and man i'm so happy they're keeping that with seven and like why didn't they have polyphony do the ps5 ui i know i know oh my gosh yeah man cannot wait mm. march 4th not that man less than a month less now, than a month yeah i so i'm gonna be i'm going to be playing elden ring and gran turismo 7 like until like the summer probably like, <laughs> yeah like sorry horizon i i have other priorities <laughs> oh man and then we got another trailer uh an extended gameplay demo uh of ghostwire tokyo like I don't feel like we've seen enough of this game up until this point. But after seeing this gameplay demo, and I know I, I asked you before the show if you watched you watched it too. I think Ghostwire Tokyo looks pretty fucking dope. Yeah. It looks it looks intriguing for sure. Uh like it it's a first person game where you're wielding like magic and mystical stuff, but also <laughs> you have a bow. This this is a game from the era of Every character needs a bow. Yes. Um, I think visually this this game looks really cool. Like, it, mm -hmm. I like the style of this. Yeah, me too. And, yeah, I just think the combat kind of looks intriguing with the different powers that you have, but then also the powers the enemy seem to have. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I want to know more about this world. The only thing I'm worried about is just... Yeah, we haven't seen that much of it, and the release date is super soon. Yeah, um, March 25th. Yeah. So it just kind of makes me wonder if they're just getting it out there to get it out there. Also, this game did lose its creative director like halfway through development, so I'm curious of any impacts there. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, it does it does look intriguing. Gives me a little bit of Bioshock vibes with like the the powers and all that, but it's obviously way way different game um yeah. i think I, I think i'm down as long as it gets decent reviews i think i'll definitely be checking it out yeah it's microsoft's ghostwire tokyo right <laughs> coming to playstation 5 yes Man. yes and eventually probably coming to uh, pc game pass <laughs> yeah i mean who, who knows that eventually. that i think that exclusivity at least extends for a little while uh, so we'll yeah, see. I think it's a year is what they reported before, but but that's only console exclusivity. I True. Think theoretically, this could come to PC Game Pass earlier than that. Yeah, probably could. Yeah. All righty. All right, Tyler. It's it's time to uh, get into some other other non exclusive games here um, Rockstar they have a couple things to tell us one of those things is that we're finally going to get the PS5 and Xbox uh, series uh, native versions of GTA 5 and GTA Online it's coming yes. in March March is turning out to be a huge month now too yeah it really is um, March 15th Grand Theft Auto Five. It's yeah. I mean, I imagine they're going to sell a lot of that. We're going to see this game chart again. Yes, number one. Absolutely. <laughs> Best-selling game of 2022. 
Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. So you'll be able to. They said that there's going to be like a one-time transfer of all your GTA Online progress, which is nice. Um, so yeah, definitely make sure you do that. But then what I really do like though is that they're launching the PS5 version and GTA Online separately, which yeah. is great because the amount of times you would want to play GTA Online and you would load it into the story into it, yeah. and. It's like, oh, you're not far enough into the story, so play the fucking prologue again. And then then you have to wait an eternity just for GTA Online to load, and then you're loaded into that. No, no, now you gotta join up with your friends, and now you gotta load into that. It's like, oh my god, it just takes 25, 30 fucking minutes just to play this game uh, with your friends. So, launching it separately, um, super smart to me. Should have probably been done in the PS4 generation, but... Regardless, I'm down, but 4K, HDR, ray tracing, 60 frames, I mean, cool. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've known this was coming for, like, the longest time. <laughs> yeah. Here's the only thing that worries me, though, is I don't think they announced an upgrade path, though. No. And no, I feel like have to pay for this. you're, exactly, you're going to have to pay for it. And that's, and they're probably waiting until the last fucking minute to, to, announce that and that sucks yeah because otherwise they would have said it by now if you ask me yeah like you don't hold that news back like that that is that is only going to make people happy when you announce that's a thing so uh just don't announce that it isn't a thing and hope people don't notice (laughs) ah what people have noticed however like you could not sneak this by anyone rockstar is making Gran Turismo 6. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're, they're doing it. They're making the next Grand Theft Auto, is how, they, how they've said it. They're, it's, it's in development, which means maybe it comes out at the end of the PlayStation 5 generation. <laughs> I maybe would it's think one of those so. weird ones that comes out at the end of the PS5 generation and also has a PlayStation 6 version not too long after. Yeah. I'm not expecting this game until 2025 at the earliest. Hmm. But even then, yeah, probably towards the end of the PS5 generation. I mean, Rockstar takes longer and longer to develop their games. It's Grand Theft Auto. It's their biggest franchise. They're definitely going to take their time with this one. I think it's good, though, like, yeah, it's not a shocker, but sometimes it's just annoying when we know what these studios are making, and then they try to act so secretive, and then for Rockstar, just get out there and say, we're making this game, just leave us alone. Like, yeah, shut the fuck up. I'm down for that, just thank you. (laughs) Yes, yes, dumbass, we're making that, like, go away (laughs) while we make it. Yeah. And, oh, sorry. It's, it's sorry like it's like asking what Sony Santa Monica is going to do after uh, the next God of War. Like, yeah, are they, like they has Santa Monica made like what, what? What's their last new IP? I don't think they've had one. They they've really only done God of War, I think, and they were making a new IP, and then that got canned. They did God of War twenty eighteen. So yeah, it's really all they've done. <laughs> uh. Well, man. All right, time for the two bummer question mark news things. 
Suicide Squad's been delayed. I think it's obvious that one of the Warner games was going to be delayed. Like, it was either going to be Suicide Squad or the Gotham Knights game. Um, maybe they're both delayed. Maybe they're both going to not happen this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, Warner Brothers, they keep saying that Gotham Knights and Hogwarts Legacy are going to happen this year, but, you know, we continue to just not see or hear anything about those games, really. So, yeah, and then Suicide Squad's the one we've oddly seen the most about. They kept saying 2022, and now it's being reported to 2023, although Roxy has not officially confirmed that. But it doesn't surprise me because of uh, Batman Arkham Knight had multiple delays, the first one being really long. And it just... Look, I like Rocksteady. They are a great developer. I'm sure Suicide Squad will be fun. It looked fun to me, at least. But what is going on in that studio that this game is going to be eight fucking years before it's out? Wow. Wow. I know AAA games take a long time, but holy crap. I wonder how much of that is wrapped <laughs> up in uh, Warner trying to get rid of its games stuff, too. Yeah, I don't know. And, and maybe maybe after Batman Arkham Knight, you know, it took them a while to find out what they wanted to do. And mm-hmm. they spent a lot of time with it. And maybe this game's only been in development for four or five years or whatever. But still, holy smokes. Eight years is that's rock star levels <laughs> at this point. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. Time we can't get away from NFTs. <sighs> no. Are you a fan of worms? <laughs> um, not really, but. I've, I've never played a worms game. I, I, I just need to preface this news with I've never played worms. I played a Worms game on Xbox. It was one of their kind of multiplayer fighting games uh, sort of thing. It was uh, it was fun, but yeah. Otherwise, I've never been never been in on this franchise. Yeah. Well, Team Seventeen and uh, they they've uh, the the publisher of Worms. They. They have joined the most recent round of announcing an NFT project and then canceling an NFT project because nobody fucking wants this shit. Uh, they were going to do Meta Worms. Um, it's, yeah. Uh, it is exactly what you think. Fucking a Worms-based NFT project scam. Um, yeah, and they're, they're just not going to do it anymore. The backlash was it bullying works. That's that's what we've learned here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, we didn't talk about it in the news, but Troy Baker has since uh, announced that he is not working with that NFT uh, company. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like this is going to be the cycle. A bunch of business people are going to be like, "Hey, we should do some NFT shit," uh, and then they go and try to do NFT shit, and then people are like, "Yo, hold on, no," <laughs> and then they have to cancel it. So, yeah. Right. Um, Don't do it, man. NFTs are garbage. They it are. Does, it does nothing that it promises. <laughs> we do not. <laughs> like, mm. 
Creating a new kind of capitalism does not solve the problems that capitalism itself has created. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, like, I saw a very disgusting NFT project on Twitter that I was not aware of. Um, and like content warning for like the most awful racism. Uh, there was a. It, it has since pe- pivoted to meta humans, but the platform was originally meta slave. Where oh. you bought NFTs of black people. Ooh. But they, they. Yeah, that's what. Those are the brilliant ideas NFT people are coming up with. Yeah, that's. Don't. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. I mean, thankfully, it seems like a lot. <laughs> A lot of that crypto shit is starting to crash. Not starting to. I think it's it's always been inflated. They, this stuff has never had value. But some, it seems like people are finally realizing, oh, well, this shit doesn't actually mean anything. And you can tell that people are trying to cash out hard because I, you see, like, fucking all these different celebrities obviously being paid to try to show this kind of stuff. They're trying to... The rich people are trying to cash out right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's going to crash for sure. Also, let's not use the term meta worms ever again. I don't need to hear that. I don't need to hear meta anything. Yeah. To be to be clear. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's so meta. No, we don't need it. The whole metaverse thing can fucking shove it up its own ass. Yes, I agree. God, just the world is awful right now. The world is terrible. We need a feel-good story, like Todd Howard presenting a, an award to his boss. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Phil Spencer is, is is being awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award at 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 Dice at the Dice Awards. Uh, he's yeah, and presenting the award is Todd Howard. Um, just weird. Weird. Like, not weird that Phil Spencer gets this award. Like, it's... I mean, he's he's done a lot to turn the Xbox brand around. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, he, he, he deserves this award. It's just weird that it's Todd Howard. <laughs> yeah. Who, yeah, who he recently purchased, basically. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Phil's done a lot of good stuff. And yeah, definitely a lot of his uh, ideas that he has, you know, executed with his team at Microsoft has really changed the industry over the past number of years. Like Game Pass, making subscription services viable. Um, but doing a lot of, uh, you know, pretty solid work in uh, accessibility stuff. Yeah. Uh, with their controller, like lots of lots of good things that he's done for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just one of the things that I, I I've honestly been thinking about recently is like how viable that subscription service continues to be on both sides of it, like from a development standpoint. Like we've seen yeah. what happens 
to like s- other subscription services like Spotify to where it gets to the point where like does it ever get to the point where like creators are just being absolutely fucked like I wonder like ha- how does it become viable for a person to pay $15 a month and have an access have access to so many games like how does how does the math work out for people actually making games yeah I know and especially when you're making 70 nearly 70 billion dollar purchases yeah. like to make your like I know they're Microsoft they they're worth like two trillion dollars it doesn't matter to them but still to make your money back on a 70 billion dollar purchase with just a subscription model that's gonna take a long time and that if if you even do it all because that doesn't factor in spending money on the game development on the people all that stuff um yeah, I, I I wonder about it too. I mean, it's something where it can be good for the consumer, but yeah, how how much can the creator potentially bear on that? I don't know. And and also, what we've seen recently is uh, some of these TV and movie subscription services like Netflix, Disney Plus, is mm-hmm. like. The constant growth is starting to kind of hurt them in a way because now their growth has completely slowed down, and now you know they're they they've lost some investments and all sorts of stuff, and you know it's just impossible to maintain just infinite growth, and uh, so I wonder if that will ever factor into to this stuff. Also. Just going back to the Bungie deal quick. That is probably a huge thing for Sony's service here, Spark. Is, is I don't think you'll ever see a Bungie game on Game Pass, personally. Mm, um, yeah. Even though, even though they're going to be multi-platform, I just think that's probably something that I feel like Sony would maybe throw their weight around of a little bit of being like, no, you, you, you're going to be on our service and not, not Xbox Game Pass, but... Anything's possible at this point. Like we said. I think that's gonna pretty be, much it for the news. Yeah, it's going to be a really fucking wild couple of years just to see how all this evolves. This industry is going to be very different on the on the AAA side, at least, in, in a few years. Very different. Yeah, I just hope that there are enough uh, independent studios out there that aren't going to be bought up and are going to do interesting things rather than the obvious money makers. Right. All right. Well, that's that's all you got. I I've I've been scouring the internet to make sure like there's nothing that we're missing. I'm just seeing a lot of pictures of people's pets. That's that that's what I'm seeing on the yeah. internet right now. And that's that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. No, that's that's all I got. Alrighty, well, we're gonna. I'm not sure what we're gonna do. We might play some It Takes Two, but later yeah. we're play some Halo tonight. Let's uh, let's do some It Takes Two. I'm down. I ain't got nothing going on. All right, well, but we're yeah, gonna go we're, do that. We're gonna oh. pop some fools tonight. It's gonna be great. Oh yeah, Fiesta time. Oh yeah. I bought I bought some tortilla chips. <laughs> I got some dip. All right. I'm ready for a Fiesta, baby. Sounds good. I am too. All right. While we prepare for that, uh, y'all can do 
a couple of things for us. One thing is rate and review our podcast on your podcast app of choice, if it allows such a thing. Uh, give us questions, send them, if you have them. If you have questions, send them. Send them via email at playstationreportpodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at psreportpodcast. You can find me at the Arctic Sloth. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at Plugged on Vids. And until next time, be good to each other, play your video games, and dick flicker.